Hello and welcome to another edition of Bring on the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke Thompson. JT is here with us. JT, I, I don't know about you. I'm still kind of recovering from that Armageddon blowout a little bit. What? What? There was a game on Saturday? <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, talk about. Yeah, it was... I, I watched <laughs> high school football on Friday, and that was a good game. And I watched pro football on Sunday, and that was a good game. But I'm pretty sure nothing happened on Saturday. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. okay. Well, Kansas State is preparing to play another football game on Saturday, and it is going to be a nationally televised primetime game because the Big 12 obviously recognizes that Kansas State-Baylor is the best game on the slate this weekend. So we brought on our good buddy, Matt Wilson from Marty the Bears to, to help us talk about it. Matt, how are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> you just contextualized, like, my worst fear. Just a giant spotlight. I'm sure this is like a recurring dream. <laughs> that I have. It's, I'm in some sort of athletic performance and I know I'm bad and I know the person I'm playing is bad. And yet everybody's watching for some reason. Yeah, guys, I was trying to look up the score from the Kansas state game last week. And it said that I'm not allowed to access it due to age restriction. It says it's not <laughs> safe for work. What's going on with that? What's up with that? Certainly <laughs> Don't ask. Don't ask. Some sort of mistake there. Guys, it's, it's been a minute and uh, a lot has happened just in the world and in sports, but I am glad that this is a, a consistent piece of my life. So I'm very, very happy to talk with you guys tonight. Yeah, yeah. And un- unfortunately, I feel like we we should start by talking about some of that world stuff. You know, I don't know what Baylor's total tally is. Kansas State, last I heard, was up to like 76 guys who have contracted COVID this year. Obviously, oh Baylor missed some games. What's up with their situation? And what was that like going through and, and just waiting for that first game to happen? So... <laughs> All right, so I'm going to lean back and like put my ha- hands over my head here and just kind of like uh, think, try to add some perspective. I-, I was never like, we have to play football by any means guy, right? I understand the local economy and like we can do the whole COVID thing, right? But I, I-, I never really assumed there was going to be a season. I've been pleasantly and unpleasantly surprised at times, but. Uh, yeah, so you know, we we start off with a couple cancellations, and it, it was just very frustrating. And then we got to open the season with Kansas, and that seemed to be the solve <laughs> for all wounds, right? Like what was it, like a thirty-three point win or something like that? For, yeah, forty-seven to fourteen yep. back in September, and then we actually started playing some football teams. <laughs> And uh, I'll be honest, it has not been a super fun experience since then, I got to say, in Dave Aranda's first year, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, Baylor, everybody looks at Baylor, oh, they're terrible, they're 1-5. Every game has been, you know, at least moderately close, and a lot have been been real close. So, Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, the NFL equivalent, right? We're not the Chargers because the Chargers <laughs> blow leads, and, and Baylor really hasn't had too many leads to blow. But I will say this. If you're looking for a common theme or a common thread between the games, it's been extremely disappointing first halves and mind-bogglingly bad third quarters. And then it, they look like a completely different team in the fourth, and they – pull it with you know they pull within one or two touchdowns right to make it look really respectable or in some cases you get down to the last couple drives like with texas tech so it's been very disheartening at the beginning of games and extremely frustrating at the end so really love to watch football and i think it's very healthy i will say that that iowa state game was was a bit bit opposite of that though like 
Like I went in yes. that like like halftime of that game. I'm like, man, Baylor's gonna blow those guys out of the water. This is gonna be great. And then nothing. That was <laughs> that was the one exception, right? Um, I, I was. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've never been super high on Brock Purdy, right? And I knew that he was vulnerable. You can ask my in-laws. I was at my in-laws' house watching that game, not expecting to pay attention to it, expecting <laughs> to like divert my attention to I don't know, like family or whatever, whatever people do when they're not watching football. And there was the I think a pick six and a quick touchdown and another stop and another touchdown. I'm like, oh my god, all right. Charlie Brewer starts to look like Charlie Brewer of years past, and the defense is still good. Like so, it, it looked like everything was happening, and then of course that third quarter thing I mentioned and it just all kind of fell apart. So in that sense, yes, we were the chargers. I mean, how much of that was Baylor's defense and how much was, was Brock Purdy kind of turning around because he has sort of a tendency to, to do that, to be really good at times and to be really bad at other times. Both. I, I think it was both. I think this Baylor yeah. defense is legitimately solid, right? It is not last year's Matt Rule, Phil Snow defense, but it is good before the injury. And I, I can't believe it. I'm, blanking on our best player's name the linebacker who just tore up his shoulder this is fantastic i'm glad you guys yeah thank you i'm, I'm glad you yeah. got a football expert on here right um he, Bernard, he's leading like, the big 12 and still and then hasn't yeah. played in a week right <laughs> or, or he, he didn't even play the second half of the the game last week so or the last game there's talent there kalen barnes playing with a club on his hand picks off a pass like there's there's talent on the defensive side of the ball william bradley king the transfer you know, great defensive presence. So there's definitely talent there. Getting used to a brand new coaching staff, there's always going to be an adjustment. I'm sure you guys are aware of that. The defense has never been the issue. Defense has put the offense in great positions, honestly, in a lot of these games, or at least barred the doors to some degree in the first halves of these games. It's the offense that has been, I will put it nicely, confusing. (laughs) It has been extremely confusing and at times disheartening. Well, that sounds like an offense coached by Larry Fedora. (laughs) Do y'all remember, like, I don't know how plugged in you guys were to the Matt Rule coaching search, right? The the coaching search that ended up with Matt Rule. Larry Fedora was, like, the person for a lot of the Baylor fan base because UNC had just come off, like, a decent offensive year. And I never understood it. I think – Larry Fedora has the possibility of being a very good offensive coordinator, but we have to be a little bit more adaptable. So then, yeah, I mean, you kind of alluded to it, I think, in your answer earlier. You said we started to see Charlie Brewer of old. So, kind of, I mean, he looked pretty good against Kansas State last year. I remember that. What What is he, you know, maybe struggling with that he'd done well before? So I, I you have just touched on the hot button of Baylor Twitter. And and for those of you listening who are not familiar with Baylor Twitter, it is a surprisingly, um, we'll say aggressive, because we can be aggressively kind and compassionate. Yeah. But, but there are a lot of places where we're aggressively just aggressive. So I, I'm going to preface a lot of this with saying there is – nothing that anybody could say about Charlie Brewer that would take away my feelings for him. He really carried this program through a period of like turmoil and he was the consummate leader and the locker room loves him and we will forever be in debt to what he did for this program. Okay. Is that on record? We're going to keep (laughs) that in the episode. All right. It ain't doing it this year, though. Like, it is – I don't know what it is, 
there have been like little rumors of injury, although it doesn't really need to be a rumor. He probably suffered three concussions over the last two years minimum. There's been talks of, not official talks, right, but the rumor mill about uh, like shoulder problems. And it's pretty clear that the arm strength or whatever is creating the visual of lack of arm strength, it's it's not the same it has been. And Charlie Brewer has never been the big-armed quarterback, right? He is not Bryce Petty, right? His game has always been accuracy and timing and confidence and toughness, right? That has been Charlie Brewer, and it has served us well for, you know, what, four years now, right? So mm-hmm. for him to lose or seemingly lose, and see, I'm hedging everything because we don't know what's going on, but for him to, like, seemingly lose the arm strength that he did have, and then try to overcompensate that, it ends up in, you know, ducks going out to a screen or it it results in him overcompensating and overthrowing just a, a quick in or something for an interception. And it's just, I, I don't know what's going on there. I'm not a quarterback whisperer, but it, it just hasn't been consistent enough. But then we talk about it, right? In those fourth quarters, he looks like old Charlie again. He's just playing. He's not thinking. And I think that's what the guys over at Our Daily Podcast and uh, a lot of the Baylor fandom is like, he just needs to stop thinking so much and just go play. Yeah. Yeah. How about, I mean, is the offensive line any, any different this year? It's been, it's been fine. It, 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 it's not the sieve that, uh, sieve, sieve. Sieve? Yeah, did you hear the uh, podcast where they just talked about sieve or sieve for 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, it, they've been serviceable. There have been yeah. games that are worse than others, but there has been time to play the position of quarterback. I will say that. And they're, the last couple of weeks, they've gelled quite nicely. And I, I, I say that there's even been like success in the running game. And, you know, we can talk about the running backs too, but it's serviceable. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we talk about the running backs, I actually want to talk about Taekwon Thornton because he was another guy who hurt Kansas State a lot last season. Was kind of expected, I think, to be a, a big Pokemon of this offense. Didn't do a whole lot earlier, then got hurt. But I understand he's supposed to be back. Is that right? Yeah. I'm. I'll be honest. I don't know what's happening. He's played in three <laughs> games. Right. It's. It is one of those things where I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I just. Production hasn't been there, and I'm looking up the game logs here to see. Yeah, he didn't yeah, do much. No, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, he, he was injured in the Texas Christian game. They've been a little tight-lipped about his injury status, so I, I don't know if he'll be back. I hope so after, what, two or three weeks off now? But there's just no saying. Like, even in the games where he was healthy and playing, he's never surpassed four receptions. His uh, receiving yards high of the year is 45. So... Right. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the transition in offense paired with the transition of being the number one, not having Denzel Mims on the other side, you know, yeah. requiring yeah, so he, he much attention from the day. To be the number one guy, right? He was supposed to be the, the, the guy. I think that was the hope, right? But to me, Tyquan Thornton was always just a rich man's number two receiver, right? If he's your number two, you are in a good spot. Some people were hoping that he would, you know, naturally slot over to that number one receiver, you know, role. I didn't see that being super successful, but there's so many weapons on that offense with RJ Sneed and Tyquan Thornton. And just, there's so many weapons that 
I was hoping it would look better than it has. Yeah, and just to, to give you an idea, Tyquan Thornton is still like 25 yards fewer for the season than what he had against Kansas State last year. So yeah, last year, uh, last year but, was pretty good. Last year was pretty but, good for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, JT, uh, K State doesn't know anything about number one receivers struggling, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm sitting here listening to Matt thinking, <laughs> like, man, you change a few names, and he's basically talking about K State. It's yeah. it's uncanny, but yeah, it, uh, we don't we haven't had a number one receiver in uh, a while. I I don't want to upset you. <laughs> what about? I mean, do you want to do you, you want to talk ahead. about Malik Knowles and that whole situation? Uh, I mean, I don't, don't really look, know what's going on. It's hard to it's hard to know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, so it's all a mess. Who Everything's knows if a mess. he'll ever be on the field for Kansas State again? I I don't know. I mean, there's, he is the, what we notice. I mean, the last thing I saw, there's like rumor of him potentially even transferring, right? Right. But then and he then shot he... down. So, I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's it's a weird year for transfer rumors or whatever you consider opting out or not opting out. Baylor had their own issue with two two running backs opting out for a period of time, and then a local rec- you know a, a Baylor fan recruiting site spilling the beans on that, and then it turns out not to be true. And it's so there's been a lot of mess on the Baylor side with that as well. Okay. So what is the, the Baylor situation at running back? I mean, it looks like you've got Tristan Ebner as your starter now. He's number three in the Big 12 in all-purpose yards because it seems like he's got a lot of kick return yards. I mean, he, is he an explosive type player if they got him returning kicks? Or? Um, yeah, he, he, he's <laughs> – yeah, that's a great question. If you find out, let me know. Um, but, no, he is <laughs> primarily a receiver. There has been more recently because of injury issues, he's taken snaps out of the backfield and been – what I consider surprisingly effective, but not a, not a running back by trade. You know, there has been um, injuries to John Lovett, to Craig Williams, Squirrel Williams, right? Our, our little, what you would consider to be like a, a scat back or a third down back, right? He got injured last game out for the season. So running backs have been decimated by injuries. And I think we are running with a true freshman right now, as well as, yep, a true freshman. I always have to remind myself of the young guys. In Quaylen Jones, who is a sophomore, I believe, or maybe he's a redshirt freshman now. Yeah, so a lot yeah. of uh, youth that we're leaning on there, and I'll be honest, it hasn't gone great. We saw a big spark with Squirrel Williams, who came in last game, showed a lot of spark. The offense was in a lot of rhythm and scored, you know, a couple times, looked great, and then he got injured. And it went right back to being a very stagnant offense. So running back is a big shrug emoji from me. It's like, you know, (laughs) who knows what we're going to get, right? Because I think the offensive line is doing enough, but we just haven't seen a lot of burst. Yeah. Okay. So if you want some stats on that, I mean, K-State's going to go from the number one rush offense in the Big 12 that obviously just kind of steamrolled over them to the rush offense in the next level. Only Kansas is averaging fewer yards per carry. So, JT, should we maybe be a little careful about, uh, you know, it, it might look like an improvement, but we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. I mean, I guess it depends on who, if the linebackers are back, honestly. That, that's kind right. of the key there. I mean, there was there's so many things going against them against Iowa State. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's just been – if Baylor plays like they did, you know, the first half against Iowa State, then it could be – another loss for K-State if they play like they've had K-State plays even like it did against Oklahoma State could be a you know a decent K-State victory so like at at this point it's it's all a coin flip I don't know what to say about this team 
um, other than, you know, who knows? (laughs) So I did find it interesting looking at the schedule. Neither K-State nor Baylor has won a football game since beating Kansas. The great unifier, right? Unless you're <laughs> Texas, I suppose. But yeah, the great yeah. unifier. It's um, odd stat of the uh, of the podcast for you. I don't know. I just feel like I, I've always felt a connection to the yeah. Kansas State fan base, regardless. My family that hailed from Manhattan at one point in time, and so like I, I don't know. I've always felt a connection, but now it's just I, I feel like Kansas State and. Baylor and to some degree TCU, we're all just kind of standing in the king of the hill like alleyway saying, yep, yep, to each other. Just because <laughs> like, hey, man, we'll show up and play. But And Texas Tech is there too. And we're all just kind of standing there just going, hmm, you know, well, we're here and uh, we'll play hard. Yeah. But who knows what will happen, you know? So, yeah, I, that is – I, I skipped yeah, ahead yeah, to picks. Yeah. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I mean – I have some thoughts about that. I should probably keep those to myself after last Saturday. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Baylor, just to be clear, like with all their things, that was still a that was a regularly scheduled bye week last Saturday. Yes. Yes, I I do believe okay. it was correct. Okay. And now, so now they're hosting Kansas State. What's the crowd situation like in Waco these days? I try not to. You're. <laughs> I try not to pay attention, right? Because if I were in charge, things would be a lot different for good and bad reasons, probably. Um, But I probably wouldn't have students there. I I probably wouldn't have fans. I know that they have let fans in in the past. Who knows what will happen this week? Yeah. Also, I just, sorry, kind of weird tangent here, but I want to talk about how stupid it was that they were apparently a bunch of Chiefs fans Las Vegas Raiders parking lot yesterday before the game where no fans were allowed in. Nothing just, bad has ever happened in an, uh, in an Oakland Raiders <laughs> or Las Vegas Raiders parking lot. So I think it's a safe <laughs> choice. Uh, so yeah, congrats on the Texans for a big win, though. You know, being the, I'm sorry, being you're bad. breaking up. No. I'm sorry. I can't. I've kind of waved off the Texans. I'm a Deshaun oh, okay. Watson fan. Okay. Um, I am a... Uh, you know, to a degree, a Brandon Cooks fan. Like, I like a lot of the players. I cannot mm-hmm. support that organization for a number of reasons, and competency is, is definitely up there. I heard but, DeAndre uh, Hopkins is a 99 on Madden now, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, see, <laughs> now we were being nice, and we were having some camaraderie about struggling football teams, <laughs> and then you had to go and do that. That was not very nice. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe it's a good time to take a quick commercial break here from our sponsors. And now we are back. Uh, I guess, Matt, you know, let's talk a little bit about the Baylor defense. You talked about it earlier. You know, they're not terrible, but they're also not as good as last season. That was a really good defense. So kind of, you know, what's changed for them? What do they bring back this year? Yeah, it's – and, and again, it's, it's, a st- it's a period of flux, right? Terrell Bernard – anchored that defense we have the Doyle kid who transferred in from Iowa and he's learning what it is to play big 12 football rather than big 10 football and I highly recommend anybody who's listening to this to go get actually good defensive information from our daily podcast the guys who cover the Baylor team on a weekly basis Peter Pope and Elliot Coffey who played on a number of those really uh, the the defense was fine. Elliot's going to kill me. The defense was fine, but he he's very smart guy. It can really break down things. Uh, and then David Fankhauser over there. Go give them a listen for more in depth stuff. But Terrell Bernard, 
man, losing him, I, I honestly don't know what this defense is going to look like, right? There has been, you know, moving backwards, there's been decent safety play at times, but when we were forced to uh, start our uh, second stringer and give our third stringer time, immediate blown coverage, immediate blown coverage, right? We just don't have the depth <laughs> that a, a successful team would have. Uh, in terms of the pass rush, it's been fine. The run defense up front has been quite good. And then you have William Bradley King rushing the passer. He's been really solid. So like there is talent still at pieces, but without the I-can-do-everything linebacker anchoring the middle, man, I'm quite worried that things will start to fall apart. Okay. Well, I mean, one clear positive from looking at the stats is that Baylor does currently lead the conference in turnover margin. They're a plus six. They've got a couple guys, J.T. Woods and, and Jalen Petre. Who are, so is this a, a, an aggressive defense? They So Jalen Petre, so you, you have to understand, this is the only guy that stayed committed to Baylor when everybody else decommitted, right? Before rule came in, when it looked its darkest, Jalen Petrie was the only player to stay. And for a time, he was I, somewhat, I, 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 people have used the term mascot. And, and honestly, that was the case, right? Didn't play a ton his first couple of years. When he did, he was fine, but obviously outmatched. And we just didn't really expect him to be anything other than what he was, the guy that stayed with us and tried real hard, right? Well, now, after getting some good snaps last year, after being around a very talented defense last year, and, you know, essentially being relied upon this year, the guy can play. <laughs> he's, he's, he's picked his spots. He has returned, I think, a couple of interceptions for touchdowns in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, both of his um, picks have been for touchdowns. It, it, exactly. And so he's an athlete. He's put on a little muscle. He's faster than we've ever seen him uh, in the past. So things are coming together for him. He's been an X factor for that defense for sure. And then, yeah, safety play with JT Woods. When JT's out there, things are good. When, you know, we have to give other guys some time, there's a drop off. So like I said, depth. Yeah, yeah. And JT, obviously, offense has been kind of the biggest issue for Kansas State recently. Um, you know, Drew and I talked about this in the, in the recap podcast. You know, there's some blame pointed at Messingham. You know, h- how do you get this offense going right now? I don't know, but they've got to try something different. I mean, you've got a true freshman quarterback. I mean, even when you they brought in Nick Ost, like nothing really changed except who was throwing the ball. I feel like they went away from some things that were making Deuce Vaughn successful. Of course, it you know it didn't help their missed Briley Moore for better part of a game and, and a half, and he still looked kind of tight against Iowa State. Yeah. The lack of any sort of viable outside receiving threat is just disastrous <laughs> right now. I mean, there's there's nobody out there that can take pressure off the interior receivers, off Moore and off Vaughn, anybody who's coming out of the backfield. But I. I'm still not sure what they're doing with the running backs. Keon Mosey got a lot more time against Iowa State, but it was still weird, hit and miss. Like I'm I'm still not sure if Deuce Vaughn is on a pitch count, if you know they're they're still trying to get Harry Trotter in there and and he's been getting some some good carries, but I know we're we're still missing Jacardi Wright and yeah, he's I mean, Tyler Burton came in and carton, had one carry right? and one I mean, fumble, and who knows? And it's just been a very yeah. weird, messed up year. And I'm just not happy with how Messingham's handled 
the whole situation. Yeah. Has anyone actually seen Jacardi right? Like he's still around, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the sidelines. He's standing over there, big body, doing nothing. Weird. Yeah. And actually, but when you talk about the, the quarterbacks, that there's actually some discussion of Nick Goss potentially starting. Climbing declined to say that Will Howard is for sure the starter. I mean, that that seems sort of like gamesmanship to me, but who knows? I don't know. Well, and you look at it, uh, there's two ways to look at it, I think. And one of them is like, if this year is a throwaway year anyways, and you, you really just don't care what the win-loss record is at the end of the year, then you keep Will Howard in there because you want him to grow. You need him to get all yeah. of those reps, all the lumps, figure it all out. And so if Skylar Thompson doesn't return next year, which is probable, then you know, then you've got a true freshman starting quarterback that's not a true, you know, not a true freshman. So but if you, you know, maybe you want an outside chance at winning some games, maybe you try switching it up and going with the veteran. I mean, Nick Ost hasn't seen as, you know, at this yeah. point has probably seen fewer snaps overall than Will Howard, but you know, he's mm-hmm. been around. He looked a little better throwing the ball on Saturday. And mm-hmm. so so you could, you know, you could you could make an argument like like man, if we buckle down, we could win these last two games, give ourselves that random outside chance at Arlington, then maybe you you go with Nick Ost. But yeah, I don't feel like Kleiman or, or Messingham's the, the kind of coaches to switch up quarterbacks at this point of the season. I feel like Will Howard will still be the starting quarterback against Baylor. And I don't think he'll have a short leash either. I I don't think his leash was very short against Iowa State, even yeah. And they pulled him after throwing the pick, but I mean, he got two quarters of action in and at some point you have to protect a young guy from like just completely melting down. And right. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think the term used, I think the term uses scar tissue, right? I think Robert Mays from the athletic uses the term scar yeah. tissue a lot with young quarterbacks. And I, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, man, the more I listen to you guys talk about your quarterback situation, that just seems like, <laughs> We are the other side of the coin. Baylor fans are just on the other side of the coin there. We, I think there's there's been a lot of calls for everybody saying, hey, we love Charlie, but, you know, we have a, uh, I guess, a redshirt freshman now, Jacob Zeno on, on the bench, who has shown that he has the arm talent for sure, came in in relief after Charlie Brewer was injured in the Oklahoma game, the, the Big 12 championship last year, and has arm talent, right? I, I, we are very confused as to why we haven't given any other quarterbacks a look. So, well, um, it was like that when Skylar Thompson was still the starting quarterback before he got hurt. <laughs> and, you know, people were like, oh, we like Skylar, but, you know, we hear great things about this kid. And he was getting rave reviews out of this limited practices they did have. And, you know, like, well, maybe we should try. And it's, of course, you know, once we got him and the, he played okay to finish the game against Tech, he won his first career start against TCU. And then we had the KU game where everything's all beautiful and, and glorious. <laughs> and then we hit some real teams and things fell apart pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, Nick Ost, um, I will say this about him. I've known, you know, like who he is. He's been on the roster. But until last Saturday, I didn't know how to pronounce his last name. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he just hasn't played how, that how much. How dare but... you? That's Cimarron, Kansas's <laughs> favorite son. And you don't even know how to pronounce his name correctly. 
<laughs> yeah, I do now. Uh, but actually, so I, I don't know. That brings up kind of a question. We're getting a little bit off track here, but you know, if you're Skylar Thompson, um, and I, I'm of the opinion that if he comes back next year, he's the favorite to start. But I mean, if you're him, all that he's been through, do you come back next season? Well, I, I mean, I don't think he's got a real shot at playing on Sunday. So unless he's got just, you know, something great or he's just really done with college or, you know, got some great job lined up, like, you know, why not? It, I mean, you're gonna get beat up a little might, more, you know, but, you know, yeah, I guess you may not ever play football again and you're getting a free year back. So, you know, why not? At, at the very least, you're not taking up a scholarship spot and you can help the younger guys through it. Sure, but, I guess you know, my, my thought is, though, like, been, you gotta. I mean, you, you, that means you got to take more classes. You're going to take a few more hits, get your body beat up, potentially hurt yourself down the road. You know, right? I don't know. But I, 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 you know, I, I don't can't know what imagine all that time in, you know, to become a college program in the first place, and that, that's got to be hard to give up. So, yeah, I am 31 years old. Okay, <clears throat> I cannot imagine what a college football player's body feels like after four years of getting the crap knocked out of them yeah, at 31. I don't do anything. And I wake up and I hobble across the room when I get out of bed because my foot just, it just hurts now. If my foot stays still. Well, this is true, but. Uh, I have that problem with my knees. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, things I are going around well. a little bit in the morning. <laughs> Things are going well for everybody here. I just realized that Skyler got hurt like early October, mid October. That feels like a year ago. Anyway, yeah. um, on a cheap shot. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Poor yeah, I remember play a late hit. I, I I saw that. I I tend to agree. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know what else about Baylor. I don't know, Matt. Anything else we should know about this Baylor squad? I do have some other questions for you, but as far as yeah. like the, the team that we're going to see Saturday. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like punting and punt returns are going to be important because this okay. is the first Baylor team in a while where field position is important. The punting side of special teams has not been fantastic, but punt returns, now that we have moved Ebner back there, has mm-hmm. been... Not terrible, so I'd be curious to see how that impacts the game. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, bigger picture stuff then, and I guess with the caveat that it's 2020, so hard to judge anything too much, but what do you think of Dave Arundo so far? So, I will say this. I think he is a very intelligent guy. I think he understands the game on a deeper level than a lot of guys. Like, I think he is a smarter guy than Greg Schiano. How about that, right? I think he is a better tactician than a lot of coaches have the potential to be. Is that fair? I think that the transition from being, I am the LSU defensive coordinator, look at my kingdom, right? You have all of the talent from Louisiana and Texas and wherever you want it, right? Mm -hmm. All of these insanely athletic linebackers and your secondary is, you know, maybe the best in the nation and just naturally gifted pass rushers, right? You have all the tools and you take these immaculate tools and you go create this amazing nationally, you know, national championship defense. 
I think the transition from that to, hey, you're at Baylor and you have a pretty good foundation. Oh, and by the way, you're in charge of all the offensive, you know, <laughs> big decisions and time management and clock management and personnel. I, I think that transition has been tougher than he expected and tougher for him than we expected. Now, like you said, layer on top of that, the virus and everything else that comes along with it, right? Losing spring ball, losing your first two games against opponents you'd probably beat and build some momentum with. I think a lot of that has snowballed and it's probably not a whole lot of fun being the head coach right now, especially with a rambunctious fan base who wants you to bench the quarterback that has the undying loyalty of the locker room, right? So he is not in a position that I would envy. Now, Mm -hmm. that being said, I would do things differently. But I will say this. There was a punt early in the season. I don't even remember which game. But Aranda, you know, volunteered to punt from, like, the opponent's 40 or 30. Something as dramatic as that. And everybody was just like, okay, if that happens again, then there's a massive problem. But (laughs) Aranda came out and owned up to the mistake. He goes, yeah, I won't be doing that again. We're... Everybody was pretty happy with that answer, right? That's what you want to hear. Hey, I made a mistake. We're going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And, but not in the Bill O'Brien Houston Texans way, right? We're just some vague, we're, we have to get better. He's like, yes, that was the incorrect decision. I will be making the opposite <laughs> of that decision. And man, I, I tell you, that self-awareness is one of the biggest things. I think that is so important for a coach. And if you can be honest with your players and honest with your fan base about things that you did wrong, Man, that's a that's a big win in my book, and uh, I'm I'm absolutely willing to give him like two or three more years to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And what about so for what it's worth, and I don't know how plugged in you are to this, but Baylor is currently ranked fourth in the 2021 Big 12 recruiting rankings. So is that promising for you? You know, you know much about his recruiting? Yeah? Question mark? Right. So fourth now. <laughs> Right. There has been a trend over the last couple of weeks. A couple of guys have decommitted a couple of guys who were, uh, I don't I I think, know what that's like. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> uh, a couple that were, were soft verbals or something of that ilk. have decided to open up their recruitment again. So it's not perfect in that realm. And look, I'm not your recruiting guy, right? The whole concept of like dedicating a website to high school boy decisions, just not really my thing, right? Not really my thing. I'm not trying to knock the people that make a living doing that, but also, but also dot, 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 right? So yeah, it hasn't been great on that front, but I think there's room to salvage a lot of it. Fourth is actually higher than- important to note that there are people who make a living doing that because people are so intensely invested in it. Right. Which is probably the the thing that I'm actually concerned with more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. So we'll we'll make that clear because I have friends who have you know played their part in, in sites like that. They are decent people, so we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of the big questions I want to ask you, Matt, is uh, where is James Harden going to play basketball next season? Where is James? James Harden is going to play basketball in Houston, whether he wants to or not. Um, <laughs> I, I firmly believe that. That's not actually a joke. I firmly believe that. Okay. Um, and, okay. and for the record, I would not blame him for wanting out. I want out. I'm not, I, I want out <laughs> bad. I wish I could be traded to another franchise because I also don't have faith in this franchise's direction. So, okay. but now that we've signed DeMarcus Cousins, maybe things are good again. So that's the level of delusion that I'm at today. 
There you go. Yeah. Well, I've actually been called by the Thunder to see if I, if I would like to be traded for draft picks. So. Oh, interesting. You Did know. you agree to that? I, I know you have the no trade in your contract. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting watching um all those those draft picks they get. And so, would you would you say the same thing about Russell Westbrook? I guess I should ask. Uh, I don't know. Don't care. Happy? Hope hope he's happy. <laughs> hope he just finds a place to to enjoy his life. I think he's a good dude. I truly do believe. I think yeah. he's a great dude. Yeah. Um, no, I hope he keeps giving back to the people of Oklahoma City because he does. I actually, that I, sure. I enjoy watching him play basketball uh, for a different team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, well, JT, I mean, you have any, anything else you want to add here? Man, I think we've we've hit just about everything at this point. Like, yeah, what else? Um, Everybody knows what they're getting into. If they're going to be watching, what is that, Thursday or Friday? What, what day is the game? Saturday? Who yeah, knows? It's, it's Saturday. That's where we are, right? That I mean, that's where I am. I, <laughs> I follow. I watch this. I mean, at least at least we're playing. You know, I live in Washington, and people are, are pretty upset because the Apple Cup is not happening this year. I you saw know, that. Washington State uh, had some COVID uh, issues. And, and assuming and, we play, I will watch, right? Like, but okay, I'm not, I'm not watching like, all right, I hope we win. I'm, I'm just watching. Yeah. All right. I hope nobody gets injured and I hope we all have a good time and we respect each other. And you know, there we go. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I don't know. know you you kind of, yeah. Baylor is favored by five and a half. So for what that that's is, worth, that um... is so many points guys. <laughs> look, I, I don't know if you're into the whole gambling thing. Five and a half is so many points. So how about this? I don't want to talk to you about picking this game because we've already agreed that's silly. But Iowa State and Texas are essentially playing for a spot in the Big 12 Championship to play Oklahoma. So who do you have in that game? So big game Mensa Tom Herman, right? This is a big (laughs) one. Everybody's going to be looking at how what's Texas going to do. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know how you trust Texas to cover any spread. I, I don't even know what the number is right now. It's actually. I, it I think it opened as a pick'em. It opened. Yeah. As a see, that makes it makes total sense for the home team. I don't even know where the game is. Uh, for the home. Uh, yeah. For the if if Texas was favored by what? What's the college one by like two? If if Texas was favored anything under than three, I'd be like, man. But that's I, the I other thing. Like, is that different State. in twenty twenty? Like, do you give them less points? Because who knows, I man? Know. I I am inclined because of what Brees Hall can do, yeah. Because of what Brock Purdy can do, and because of what Tom Herman has shown he can do, I would take Iowa State in this. It would not shock me that Tom Herman just forgets what running the ball is and just has, you know, Sam Ellinger, like, throw the ball 40 times. We've seen it a couple times this season. It would not shock me if he does that. And everybody gets real tight on that Texas sideline and things go wrong. But I'm not putting any money on it. (laughs) I'm not putting any money on it. I got to admit, there's a very small part of me that, that wants to see Texas win because imagine this scenario. Texas wins... And then Kansas State can't quite beat them. And then yeah, it's, it's we a real to, close one though. It's yeah. a good game. <laughs> yeah. But we get through December twelfth. Texas, all they have to do is win at Lawrence to make the Big Twelve title. <laughs> right. I've I've heard I've heard a couple of people say that. Yeah, that would be that would be. Man, I'd buy a shirt. I don't really. I'm not a big shirt guy. I'd buy a shirt. Whoever makes a shirt about that, I'd buy one. 
Yeah, that would be delicious. Yeah, it's, uh... But it's 2020, so you know that won't happen. It's 2020, so Texas will probably win the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly I'd prefer to laugh at KU for going winless in 2020, but that might be worth it. That's no fun anymore. That, that that, might that, be that, worth that, it. I, I realize they're a rival to you guys, but that's no fun. Right? Oh, Kansas is bad, right? Nobody cares anymore about Kansas being bad because that's who they are. I, I care. Um, I, I, I understand I, you care more than most, but everybody else is just like, <laughs> meh, Kansas is bad, right? That doesn't really yeah. register for a lot of people. But knowing that Kansas is bad and they take Texas to a last minute field goal or something like what happened a couple of years ago or in 2017. That is just oof, yeah. that would solve all the problems in America right now. Yeah, yeah. And well, um, I guess we would be remiss to end this podcast before, as much as I hate to give you the satisfaction, we should talk about the fact that Baylor is the number one basketball team in the nation right now. Yeah, as, assuming we get to play a game, um, <laughs> Baylor basketball is going to be a lot of fun, and the Big Twelve in general, because I think there's a lot of cool, weird things that could happen. Yeah, I mean, you you return your top three scorers and a defensive player of the year candidate, and then you add a couple of transfers and a super talented raw freshman, and things get really, really fun really fast. Now, they Scott Drew just did get diagnosed with COVID. He tested positive, and they had to – I think they were gently requested to back out of the Mohegan Sun tournament. I forget the name of it, but Empire Classic maybe. So – they lose, you know, games at Arizona State and against Villanova potentially. I don't think that's going to keep them out of the tournament or anything. But it, they would have been nice to have for seeding purposes. This yeah, team is I super talented. I mean, it seems like Baylor fans had a legitimate gripe about that. Yeah, I look. I am definitely a see both sides on this. If I'm Bobby Hurley and I'm already kind of on the hot seat, and I know that there's a good chance that Baylor makes my couple of, you know, all conference potential level guards look bad and I lose in embarrassing fashion. And then we also lose to the next team. It it starts off the season in a bad note. Plus, plus there is the whole legitimate reason to say, I don't want to play the team that just had one positive test. I get it. However, that is the, one swing of the pendulum over to the, you know, the extreme side of caution, which is okay. But if you are agreeing to play in the NCAA this year, you have to assume some level of risk. And I'm not happy about it. If you put me in charge, I would say no sports. They're not, they're not worth it. I honestly would. I don't like that. I love my basketball. I love my football. But I'd say no sports. But if you're agreeing to play, how are you going to play a conference schedule like that? If another coach or another staffer tests positive, but nobody else does, and they have four or five negative tests leading up to the contest, I don't know what else you're expecting. That's the only thing. I just I respect your decision to not play. I just don't know what you're expecting to play, and I don't think it's sustainable. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing I, w- I want to say, um, you know, I was sad to hear the news about Tristan Clark. He seems like a good dude, and you hate to to hear that from anybody that when you you know that the injury is bad enough that he had to end his career. That was a bummer. Yeah, that was. I, I wish I had been surprised by the news, but as last season went along, it was I guess more apparent to me than others that he he just didn't look the same, and 
I don't know. I'm, I'm a big body language guy and it just didn't, the bounce didn't seem to come back. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, catastrophic knee injury, give him one season plus another off season and he'll be good to go. And apparently that just was not the case. So I, I know, you know, I know he's destined for bigger things than whatever this was going to be this season, even if it was a championship. I don't think basketball defines him as a person. So, you know, hopefully he finds whatever that is and uh, makes the most of it. Cause yeah, I think obviously a very talented player and, you know, the team definitely could have used him, but luckily there's some, some youth that I think that can fill in. Yeah. And then JT, I guess I should ask, Kansas State does start their basketball season on Wednesday. They play Drake at Bramlage in the Little Apple Classic. I think Bruce said something to the effect of today was the first time, or maybe yesterday was the first time they practiced in what, like 17 days. So it uh, doesn't sound super promising for a, a young team with limited experience. Well, any, any thoughts on the basketball season? They've been practicing. They've just haven't been able oh. to practice uh, five on five. That was mm. the big thing. Having enough bodies, they could go five on five. Yeah. So they'd practiced four on four, like last week, several times. So they've, they've just been like breaking it up and smaller and they've, they've had some guys out, but there's a lot of good talent on this roster. If they can bring it all together, then they could be surprising. Now it's 2020 slash going into 2021. <laughs> so it may not look great, at least initially, but it's... So the way, that, the way like this works is you guys will... Better yeah, you guys will beat Kansas twice and Kansas will still win the conference somehow. That's, yeah. That's how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they're... Yeah, that's just the way it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I guess... I'll learn to deal with it right now. Season. It'll be fine go into the season, look at it like what was always my dating strategy, which was, you know, expect the worst, but hope for the best. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty, I think that's why we get along so well. That is a similar <laughs> approach that I took as well. Yeah. Still waiting, uh, still waiting for things to go wrong, but she's, she's coming around <laughs> so far. Yeah. Yeah. And you got, you got a family now and kid celebrating Christmas. Something like that. Now. Allegedly. Yeah. So that's good. All right. Well, I suppose we should let you go. As always, you can follow Matt at Matt as Bear. You know, that would be a life choice. He talked choice. about yep. the, our daily podcast. Yeah, that's a... Oh, actually, sorry. We're talking about Twitter. We, we got to talk about, Matt, you made a choice to yeah. um, post yeah. a, a Disney mom's bracket. And, look, um, okay. You know, I guess look, you, you, didn't, all... you didn't specify how we should judge those moms, to be fair. That's true. But, I, you know, or it was Pixar um, moms. Sorry, I should clarify. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, talk about when we went into that decision. Yeah, I'm gonna let you guys do a little research on that if you want to. But there just seems to be a very intentional stylistic choice when creating a mother character in the Pixar Disney universe. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, and I, I just think I saw so I saw your tweet in April where you said Pixar has thick moms. I believe they do. Crazy. They do. I just, there's no other way to put it. And then, of course, somebody who has a much larger Twitter following, like a week later, has a viral tweet about every <laughs> Pixar mom just having a dump truck ass. And it's look, I can't say it's not true, right? Nobody's going to say no, that's wrong because it's not wrong. Look and look, the quarantine has done weird things to all of us, and we've all gotten slightly more reckless on Twitter. Everybody has. So just, just deal with it. Just enjoy it. It's okay. Part two of that bracket is out, and I would really like to. I'm very disappointed that the mom from Brave, but as a bear, not human, <laughs> didn't make it to the second round. Very upset about that because there's nothing better than a big 
bare ass. And you should actually just cold cut the episode right there. That makes sense that you would say that as a Baylor fan. Absolutely. And yeah. all it's all it's full circle, baby. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So you can you can check on my Twitter if you if you want. You can read stuff on our daily bears. Dare. Like he said, the the our daily podcast. Anything else that we we should let you promote? Uh, Lord, no, no. I okay. um, yeah, our daily bears for sure. Good, really good guys over there covering the team, and I, I think everybody's pretty friendly to the uh, the Kansas State fan base. So yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, it will be a football game. It so. will be a football game, yeah. <laughs> or maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. Yeah, I uh, maybe it won't. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, hopefully something in there was informative for people. Um, so uh, thanks for coming on, guys. And uh, I get them. Ah, well, nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm uh, Luke Thompson signing off.